Good morning, I'm Hugh Chivert and welcome to this special programme between now and nine o'clock. It's your chance to question the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, on the budget speech which he delivered on Wednesday. And if you want to put questions, you want to talk directly to Mr Chan, he's here, call us. 233-88266 is the number. 233-88266. We're going to be broadcasting today on RTHK Radio 3, on RTHK TV 32. We're webcasting this and it's on Facebook Live as well. Over the next hour, Mr Chan will be listening to your comments and answering your questions on the budget, in which, among other things, he announced the $5,000 voucher scheme for everyone, a uh, low-interest loan for the unemployed, increases in stamp duty and car registration tax, but $10,000 income and profits tax breaks. There was support for tourism, green and silver bonds extended, and $84 billion for infrastructure. The deficit for the current year is now forecast at a record $258 billion, and the government is expecting to be in the red for the next five years too. The good news is a healthy GDP growth of 35 to 5.5%. Well, what do you think of the budget? Tell Mr Chan and uh, ask what he's planning to do with what is, after all, your money. Give us a call, the number 233-88266. And your co-host today is Peter Lewis. Peter, good morning. Thanks, Hugh. Good morning, Mr yeah, Chan. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, everyone. Um, Mr Chan, this was described by you on Wednesday as a budget to stabilise the economy. Yes. Um, now, as we know, the real problems of the economy at the moment are the pandemic, the fact mm. that our borders are still closed, uh, the huge numbers of people who have lost their jobs, leading to an unemployment rate of 7%. That's the mm. highest in uh, 17 years, I think. Mm. And the large number of businesses that have, that have gone under, for example, a fifth of Hong Kong's bars have now closed down, uh, putting a lot of people out of work. How does this budget address those very real issues which, which need to be addressed if the economy is going to be stabilised, as you say? Well, in the budget, we, we are going to offer support to the SMEs. Uh, on the one hand, we try to reduce fees and charges and at the same time also uh, offer uh, rebates on tax and some relief on raise. Uh, we also modified the terms of the SME loan scheme by increasing the maximum amount to be borrowed, mm -hmm. uh, the repayment period, the uh, moratorium holiday, uh, so as to provide the needed liquidity to the SMEs. Uh, also in the budget, we are going to hand out electronic consumption vouchers this summer in order to help revive the economy. Uh, the amount is about $5,000 to each uh, eligible uh, Hong Kong permanent residents and new, new arrivals. But at the same time as doing that, you've also halved uh, some of the benefits to the most needy in society. So you've halved, for example, uh, the profits tax waiver, uh, the salaries tax waiver. You've halved mm. handouts such as the welfare, old age and disability um, allowances and even the cash handouts, which is now... Uh, in the form of spending vouchers has been halved. So it's a sort of austerity budget at the, at the same time as uh, our economy is in a crisis. I'm, I'm slightly surprised mm. that you didn't want to sort of push back against that. Well, um, on the unemployment, we also, I also inject $6.6 .6 billion into the anti-epidemic funds mm. to create temporary jobs to the order of about 30,000 jobs. Uh, we are also to launch a retraining, another phase of re retraining scheme, offering uh, 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 allowance to those uh, registered for those uh, retraining courses. 
the quota is about twenty thousand. Um, as as huge, rightly point out at the beginning of the program, uh, this financial year, I mean year ending thirty first March twenty twenty one, we are going to register a record high deficit to the order of over twenty fifty six billion dollars. Mm. And in the coming year, although I have half those uh, relief measures, but the budget will come to still a deficit to the order of about one hundred and one billion dollars, which is quite quite substantial. So I I beg for understanding from the community that uh, given these financial constraints, the government did have tried our best to to provide the supports. And I think in these difficult circumstances. Everyone suffer, and we 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 help. Uh, we hope uh, the people of Hong Kong uh, do understand, and uh, let's work together right for this difficulty. But how big a constraint is that? Because I understand we're now running a budget deficit, mm-hmm. but we also do have reserves. You say about seven hundred and fifty billion mm-hmm. of our reserves. Some people would argue they're even bigger than that if you take the huge amount of money that's in, for example, the exchange fund, far more than that is really needed uh, to support the peg. Other countries have been throwing stimulus at the people who have lost jobs, who have been made uh, unemployed, people who are on welfare, you know, to to the extent of 10, 15% of GDP. And they don't have reserves. They're having to borrow all this money uh, to do that. So we are in a very, very good position, aren't we, which would have allowed you maybe to be less conservative um, and more aggressive on um, sort of uh, pro-cyclical measures to try and support the economy. Yeah. Uh, Peter, if I may uh, put things in perspective, uh, the consolidated deficit for this year is about $101 billion. Mm. But that is after we issue green bonds to the order of about $35 billion. And also a write back of the accrued interest on the future mm-hmm. fund to the order of $25 billion. And another write back from the housing reserve to the order of about $23 billion. Mm. If you take all those back. Our deficit for this year is over $160 billion. And if you, in, instead of 101, and if you take the medium term f- range figure, five years later, over this five year period, I'm going to issue green bonds to the order of about $175 billion. Mm. And the cumulative write back from the accrued interest in the future fund is another $100 billion. If you take this, if not for these two major items, the physical reserve of the government towards the end of this five-year period will be about five hundred billion only. Mm. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty alarming, I would say. And about with regard to your point about the other economies uh, trying to pull additional uh, physical measures to help the economy. We did have done a comparative international studies. Hong Kong is not, not bad. The, uh, the budget, budget measures plus the various measures under the AEF and the uh, anti-epidemic fund comes to about 17% of our GDP, uh, including our rescue package for Cafe Pacific, which is not small. And also we are operating on a linked exchange rate system. So we could not monetize our debts. Uh, we have mm. to 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 defend our currency so that in times of difficulties, uncertainties, 
the financial stability of Hong Kong can be maintained. So are we in trouble? Um, because you're predicting five years of deficits now. Um, that's almost a structural deficit, isn't it? And you're not reviewing taxes uh, to look for new ways of, of uh, raising revenues, although you are looking at the rating um, system. We have a problem then, don't we? We have a substantial deficit in 21-22. But in the following four years, the, on a consolidated basis, the deficit is about... 100 to 2 I mean 10 to 20 billion dollars and towards the end of this the fifth year we are going to register a consolidated surplus so I would argue that on a consolidated basis after issuing bonds with the writing back of the uh, equity interest we are largely on a break even position but we do have to be very careful in the coming years in terms of increasing recurrent expenditure we do need to take a hard look of how to grow our economy and to expand our, to increase our revenue. Uh, at the moment, because of the difficulties that we have been going through in the past two years, uh, we think perhaps this is not the right time to immediately raise the tax rates for, say, for example, service tax or profit tax. But we internally in the government, in my tax policy unit, we have been doing uh, doing uh, doing uh, research and uh, also looking at the international competitive uh, landscape to to explore ways to increase our revenue. But uh, with any substantial uh, revenue increase, I do think that we do need to have an informed debate in the community before we can come to any conclusion. Okay, well, our number is 233-882-266. If you want to put a question, if you want to talk to to uh, Mr. Chan, that's the number to call. Please uh, call call early. Don't wait until the last minute. Everybody piles in in the last five, ten minutes or so, and then we can't get uh, full uh, answers. So if you want to uh, have a proper discussion, uh, call now. 233-882-266 is the number to call. 233-882-266. And we've got uh, Vivian on the line. Mr. Oh, Chan, Vivian. Just want to just put your, Good morning. your earpiece. Mr. Financial Secretary. Uh, I have two points. Yeah, Vivian, um, good morning. Yes. Good morning. Um, yes, I have two points for you. Uh, Thank you. One is yeah. on, the, on the hybrid, uh, on the shopping voucher. I think maybe you should consider having a hybrid scheme. The first point is that if um, there are people who desperately need cash, could you actually allow a certain percentage of people to apply for cash, like uh, the unemployed, underemployed, elderly, handicapped, Social Security and so forth. So those are the ones that have been voiced um, yesterday quite a lot on, on the different media. So this is one point. The other point I would like to raise is actually poverty alleviation. You can see that in mainland, they celebrated this um, 100% uh, you know, complete uh, alleviation of poverty in China. So why are we not doing something like that, setting a strategy and a target? And uh, we know we are different from China, but uh, we have actually a very good system. In fact, uh, you're talking about finance. You see, our Hong Kong Exchange um, members, all of them have to actually um, give a report on ESG. All right, and for ESG reporting, um, you could use the UN SDG, and that's the Sustainable Development Goals. And the first one is poverty, and the second one is hunger. 
And if you ask these companies, listed companies, um, to address these to help you, and then you could actually help facilitate them by having like a tripartite uh, 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 um, sort of collaboration between the community, the NGOs, and the companies in the different sectors, in the different districts. Then you could better target such that uh, we would actually help the people in need. And uh, with the COVID-19, um, you know, secretly, this is urgently needed. I hope you could consider that. Thank you. Yeah, f- thank you, Vivian. Uh, on the consumption voucher, the idea is to uh, try to encourage those spending uh, within the domestic shops within a, a short period of time. Uh, over the past two days, we 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 have been listening to to views from members of the public, and the sentiment as expressed by Vivian is acknowledged. But uh, at this stage, uh, I think uh, perhaps when we when we go into the implementation details, we take this into consideration along with other factors altogether. Um, Would you consider just doing it for cash? I mean, uh, because that would be much faster. You already have the mechanism there, don't you? Uh, huge. <laughs> Last year, when we when we did the payout scheme, people did have asked us instead of cash handout, why don't you do a consumption voucher? Uh, this year, uh, the argument is to the contrary. But the, the policy consideration, for, in fact, this year is to try to use this money to help revive uh, domestic consumption and the economy. Uh, that's why we choose to use consumption voucher instead. Well, well then people might say, well, you had a, an, a year to set this up and you, you haven't even identified who's going to be providing this service. So uh, we it's have a bit late to do it now, maybe next year. Oh, no, no, no. We have done some preparation, but uh, since this is highly sensitive, uh, we could roll out officially after we have made the announcement. Uh, my colleagues and I are working very hard on this and try to launch this uh, in summer. Have you done any calculations on how much, because it's about $36 billion, isn't yeah. it, how much that will boost the economy? It is hard to project, but we have mixed some assumptions. I mean, the government economist has mixed some assumptions. Uh, the economic impact, uh, depending on the, also on the promotional programs to be launched altogether, uh, along with the vouchers by merchants, could be about 0.7% of the GDP. That's yeah. a huge fiscal multiplier because the, the vouchers themselves are about 0.1% of GDP. So mm-hmm. you're saying the fiscal multiplier is about seven in most countries you know, that have done some studies. And in Hong Kong, we don't seem to have done much research in this. But in, say, the US mm-hmm. and Europe, it varies from about 0.5 mm-hmm. to 1.5. But you're saying a 0.1% uh, sort of spend of GDP is, is going to create seven times that in, in economic impact. That's, that's huge. Um, that is why we we hope to encourage all this money to be spent within a short period of time. And uh, when we launch this, we will mobilize the private sector uh, to do promotions altogether. So, so if speed is important, you would consider maybe the hybrid, maybe giving some of it in cash, maybe early uh, amounts this, in cash and then uh, later? At this stage, we are still of the view that uh, this would be consumption voucher trying to encourage uh, spending. But please do acknowledge that uh, the scope of spending is very wide. People can use it to, to go to markets, 
to go to uh, fast food shops. So the, there is indeed very little restriction as to the use of this consumption. Yeah, I think the concern, as I say, is, is over the, the speed of, of delivery. Uh, and also, if, as you say, you get different, you get some people who say get cash and some people with vouchers, mm. then perhaps Vivian's solution is perfect because then you would please both sides. Mm. Well, you know, last year when we did the uh, payout scheme, uh, we announced at the end of February and we launched towards the end of June. Uh, this time around, uh, for the consumption voucher, although it is a little more complicated, but the target remains to be summer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the second point that uh, Vivian uh, mentioned about a poverty uh, the alleviation. poverty in the Hong Kong situation, as you know, we are adopting a comparative, a relative poverty kind of uh, measurement. So uh, it, it, it is difficult. I mean, it is different from the other system. Uh, there is no absolute line of poverty as such. But we do acknowledge the, the wealth gap issue. And all along, the government has been trying its best to provide safety net and protections. Uh, Vivian's suggestion is about tripartite uh, cooperation to work, uh, to help those in need. Uh, this is a, a very welcome uh, suggestion. Uh, we see what we may be able to do. Yeah, Vivian, do you want to come back? Hello, Vivian. Yes. Yes. So do you want to respond? Because yes, I, I think that's a very good idea that uh, the secretary would follow up with the, the big companies. You can't hear. These, yeah. Yes, these companies need to file their ESG reports. Sorry, can't so hear, Vivian. Uh, Yes, I'm saying that these companies need to file the ESG reports. Okay, she's so saying the companies need to file ESG reports. Yeah, that yes. I understand. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, so essentially, Vivian's suggestion is uh, advocating uh, tripartite cooperation between the NGOs, the private sector, namely the listed companies, and encourage the government to take part in this process. Uh, I do think this is a, a good suggestion. Let's see what we may be able to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've had another uh, question. Uh, Vivian, many thanks for your call. Uh, our number is 233-88266. Get your calls in now, 233-88266. Don't leave it to the last minute to uh, talk to the financial secretary uh, this morning. Uh, uh, Mary has uh, had an email on a, a similar topic uh, saying uh, the Hong Kong government with its $5,000 voucher scheme is ignoring the fact that many of its citizens don't share its mean-spirited approach to the needs of the deprived in our society. Many charities have been affected by the economic downturn and have, proved, and have difficulties providing their usual services. Uh, they requested their contacts to donate the previous cash handouts and this we gladly did. But e-vouchers... Uh, in paid and small and restricted instalments will be much more convoluted to collect and disperse and because of privacy concerns and the inconvenience some will be discouraged from using them and this will certainly reduce donations. Has the FS even considered the impact on charities? So the impact of charities and uh, uh, on uh, NGOs of using uh, vouchers rather than cash? Well, <laughs> this consumption voucher is I mean the Data privacy concern is something that we will deal with. Uh, don't worry, we are going to use Autopass card, of course, but we will also provide options. I mean, uh, in addition to Autopass cards, there could be other store value uh, operators uh, that may be able to offer uh, this kind of services. Uh, 
Everyone would have to get a personalised octopus card, presumably. Not really. No? That is not the idea. How uh, would you give it to each person, then, if they didn't have a... Last year, when people register for the uh, cash payout scheme, uh, we have set up a system. So we are going to utilise that particular system okay. to assist in the process. But the implementation details would be announced later. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. But the, 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 a lot of the poorest people in society, they go to street hawkers, they go to tiny stores that don't take um, octopus cards and, and these forms of sort of electronic payments. So how is this money going to, to get to them? Because, um, they, you know, if you shop at a big supermarket, that's fine. But the big supermarkets don't need any help from us. They've had a great year. It's the, you know, it's the, the people who go to the smaller places... Uh, that need to get the money in their pockets. Why not just give it to them as cash? Wouldn't that be much easier? And they'll spend it, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, we have scheme to assist, say, for example, uh, 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 hawkers in the market, in government markets mm. to install autobus. Um, in rolling out the scheme, we will talk to the operator to get them to assist uh, those shoppers who do not have these facilities to install these facilities to enable them to be benefit from this particular scheme. Uh, as I said before, the policy objective of this electronic voucher is to stimulate spending. So we, we do think that uh, by uh, giving electronic vouchers, encouraging people to spend the money within a short period of time, and making the scope of spending as wide as possible uh, would be able to benefit those uh, those people in need who can mm -hmm. use this for their daily necessities. Okay, our number is 233-88266. Uh, give that number a call if you <coughs> want to talk directly to the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, who is with us here. 233-88266. Uh, and we've got Neil on the line now. Neil, good morning. Uh, good morning. Neil, good morning. Uh, strange, I cannot hear. Could we try oh. that again? Hi, no. good morning. Yeah, cannot. You can't hear that. I okay. Hear. Maybe while we are, let's see if we can uh, fix that. Uh, and Neil, if you could just hang on the line a little bit. Uh, and in the meantime, let me just um, go to another uh, email, perhaps, while we uh, try and uh, fix that issue. Uh, we did have a, a question uh, about the increase in, in stamp duty. Uh, Mark uh, says, I can't understand why so many people are complaining about the increase in stamp duty. Your actions are supported. This increase only impacts better off members of the community. People who can afford to invest in the stock market can afford some additional costs. However, why not impose a capital gains tax on the dividends paid on shares as well? Uh, once again, such a tax will target the better-off members of the community who can afford to pay additional taxes, all the more so considering how low, ta how low salaries tax is again uh, in Hong Kong. That's uh, an observation from uh, Mark. Thanks very much indeed for that. Uh, we, are, we are taking a, a few uh, uh, emails, uh, so uh, if you want to email us, backchat at rthk.hk uh, uh, is the uh, address to uh, send your messages to, or you can call us uh, on 233 88266, although we seem to be having a few uh, technical problems, see if we can uh, iron uh, that out. Uh, Mark, thanks very much indeed for your comment. We'll see if we can get back to, to that and a response to on the issue of uh, stamp duty, which I know is of concern to many, uh, a little bit later. For the moment, let's see if we can get back to uh, Neil now. Neil, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Neil, good morning. Um, I suggest that encourage... Sorry, Hello? Neil? 
Hi, yes. Yeah, go ahead, um, Neil. I called in two years ago, and I talked about children's playgrounds and road safety. Yes, um, I remember. Yours, you remember? Your staff followed up with me. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, due to COVID-19, it's been stored. Um, I would be grateful if they could contact me again when they are able to move forward with the uh, improvements they had suggested. R- remind me, what was the issue now? Yeah, on the playground. Yeah, I remember the call from you. And uh, in fact, yeah. in the policy address, uh, in the policy address, we have made the announcement and we have allocated resources to do the uh, playground improvement. I can certainly give you an update after this uh, after this uh, session. Uh, we are embarking on that. And in some of the playgrounds, we are going also to uh, install. Uh, install some uh, equipments for people of different ages to use. And in this particular budget, uh, we we haven't mentioned about the playground because it has already been covered in the policy address. But we but I mentioned about putting resources to improve our country park facilities and the trails. Yes, I was going to call up and say thank you for the... Um, I've seen some some great improvements in some of the playgrounds. They've been um, smartened up and cleaned. Yeah. Um, there's a few that still need a lot of work done. Yeah, it is um, a multi-year the, project, yeah. yeah. On the other issue, road safety, Yeah. Um, I also followed up, as you suggested, and I put a proposal forward to TD. Um, mm. I did mention the fact that there's about 80,000 traffic accidents on the roads in Hong Kong every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the transport department, they only look at the injury accidents. Um, so the other um, 65,000 accidents and all that data stored in those accident reports, mm-hmm. which are all reported to the police, mm-hmm. is all missing when they do their road safety planning. Um, there's some quite interesting statistics. 38% takes place at pedestrian crossings. Um, they seem to have lost the initiative to try and enhance the road safety for everyone. Again, particularly looking at children using the roads, mm-hmm. if they were a bit safer for everyone. It would. Um, it's considered overseas as a public health issue. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a bit more resources put into this could could make the roads safer for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure this is one of the important area that we have to 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 uh, to pay attention to uh, because life is so uh, valuable. Uh, Perhaps after the after this morning, I can get my colleagues to get in touch with you to see uh, uh, the, the specific suggestions that you may have and see uh, the viability of those being implemented. We'll pass on your information, if that's okay, Neil. That's fantastic. Thank okay. you very much. We'll oh, do that. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Our number is 233-88266 if you want to put a question uh, on pretty much anything to the Financial Secretary <laughs> this morning, 233-88266. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the stamp duty in a moment. Uh, we've, got, we've got Ling uh, on the line now. Ling, good morning to you. Good morning good to morning, Holly Ling. and um, Financial Secretary. Good morning. Uh, uh, sir. Um, I would really appreciate your sincerity with heart, diligence, and also really listen every year, at least in your post, uh, these three years. But I want to remind you that everybody now expects you to respond to the uh, opinion. This is one thing, and this is Michael, Michael uh, Angle. And I have three points to raise to you. One is for uh, SME. Mm. We are confident that if you put a $1,000 rebate to the society, they will put into the economy. 
because we mm. do not have other place to go now. So if you within short time, one month, they will spend it out. So don't do system now. Do something that meets uh, the difficulty of the people. If you can, then set some criteria. Some people get more, some people get less. The poor and uh, rich is really widened bigly. Not within SME. Another thing I would like about is SME, SME charity and also big charity. And also no money for the charity anymore in Hong Kong society. And also individual. You know a lot of people have rent uh, burden. But the tax redemption or um, you do not consider stop to uh, um, ask for tax from the Upper, uh, upper middle class below. Many people are suffering a lot, so please review your budget plan uh, if you can. So, so Ling, what, 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 what were your three? What were your three points? The uh, one is about individual. Okay. Another is about SME. Mm-hmm. Today, I will join an industrialization forum. Some of the people want to put their production line here in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and if you let. <laughs> the microfinance for the SME for five years, they can employ more people or find more partner, not the poor people, or let the people abuse this one to go into the stock market. Okay, and, and your other point, Ling? Sorry, the third one? And it, I see charities, charities one of the yeah. points, but I wanted to say that um, 1,000, uh, sorry, uh, 10,000 uh, 10, is not as time to do the system, even you want to encourage people to do good. Immediately, we paid 10000 for everyone, and they will spend it within a month. Yeah, yeah, cash the, will be faster. The okay. commercial sector have no confidence, but they have to rebuild why they have no confidence, that people will spend money on them. This okay. is not true. So a group of people like me and Achiever will contact you and also the Legislative Council and also the commercial sector. Have confidence in people. Don't do something. For example, the football pitch. No need to re- uh, make the football pitch better. People is in deep desperation yeah. and okay. need your support. Let's, let's hear from Mr. Chan. Okay, Mr. Chan. On the assistance to the SME uh, in the budget there are quite a number of uh, measures the uh, tax rebate the race relief and for those in the catering sector the the sewage charge relief and the water water charge relief would be very useful but apart from that uh, last year we rolled out the uh, 100% government guarantee uh, SME loan scheme it is very well taken up um, we are providing extra, uh, we are modifying the terms to make it uh, even more useful to the SMEs by increasing the amount to be borrowed, by uh, extending the repayment period and providing a longer moratorium holidays. Uh, we have been doing our best on that. On the, on the assistance to the individuals, uh, I do hope that the electronic voucher will go some way to provide some sort of relief. Uh, uh, as I said, uh, in the overall scheme of things, we do think that we, by using electronic voucher, that would better focus the spending to help revive the economy. So uh, it would be uh, would be be uh, killing uh, two birds with one stone, hopefully. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Ling, many, many thanks for your call. Uh, 233-88266 is, is the uh, number to call to put your question, your comments. Uh, to Mr Chan, who is here to answer your questions, and just to listen to your comments as well, if you've got observations, uh, that's what, that is what he's here for. Uh, we've got June on the line now, I think. June, good morning. June, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear? Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, good morning, Financial Secretary and hosts. Um, I- I'm just kind of in between work, so um, if-, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read out my questions and Please. then I-, I have to go back to, to-, to work. Please. Um, the the, the $10,000 uh, from the 2020 budget, um, I gave a large chunk of it to charities. I did it on my own volition. It was easy. You just pick a few charities. This 5000 I feel the financial secretary is making it the ultimate challenge for people in dire need. And then I hear the government intends to charge 1% on loans for the jobless. And, and, you know, minimum wage was announced that it will not change for the next two years. Just when I heard it, just, just wow. I know someone with young children in the fitness industry is paid 3000 a month for every month during the lockdown. I think the first lockdown, it was about six weeks to seven weeks. The second one was about the same amount of time. And the last one was 70 days. And, and you know, and before people say, oh, he's lucky he still has a job and he's getting at least a little bit of money a month, my first question is, that's, not just below minimum wage, that's just inhumane. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't the financial secretary agree? Now, further on the subject of last year's budget versus this year, I offer this observation. The 2020 budget, a 10,000 handout, at min fee was 300 million. 2021 budget, 5,000 handout, the at min fee is 600 million. 2020 budget, government officials donated roughly 10 million. 2021 budget, are the government officials prepared to donate 20 million or something even more meaningful? You know, one thing I learned from COVID is not to have expectations and, and just do what I can. And, and sadly, I would certainly apply that um, to, to, to this budget. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, John, by giving out electronic vouchers, uh, people can still uh, do their donations. Uh, the reason for doing electronic voucher instead of cash, I have explained, so I, I'm not going to repeat myself. Uh, the, the loan to the unemployed is to provide an option for those who may need it. It is not, it is not a substitute for anything, but it is an option may available for those in need so that if they do need to borrow this is uh, this is guaranteed by the government uh, on very favorable terms uh, and what happens if they if they don't pay it back if they borrow eighty thousand dollars and don't pay it back what happens we believe the economy will start to pick up uh, from the middle of this year the growth for this year, economic growth for this year is forecast to be 3.5 to 5.5%. And next year will be a catch-up growth, so still on uh, high growth. Uh, with improvement in the economy, the employment situation will gradually get better. Um, 
for the first 12 months of borrowing, uh, the individual will only need to pay interest, uh, no need to pay repay the principal. So for $80,000 loan, the interest is about... Okay, so what happens if they don't month. pay the money back? <laughs> what happens if they don't pay the principal back? Uh, we will... Bank is the usual implement is the implementation agent in this particular respect. They will use their usual recovery procedures. But you're but, you're but, guaranteeing this but, to the bank, aren't you? Yeah. So the loan. So there's no be, incentive for the bank to do that. The bank would just uh, write it off, won't they? The the loan will be completely taken up by the by by the government. Yeah, because yeah. we provide hundred percent guarantee. Uh, we believe. Sorry, so if you don't, what it sounds like to me is if you don't pay it back, nothing's going to happen. Not, not really. Could, uh, yeah, we we need to do the usual due diligence in terms of recovery, but of course, we need to be sensitive to the sit individual situations. But Mr. Chen, there's a big defect here, isn't it? If you're going to do this scheme, and there are some big question marks anyway about whether this is the best way of helping the unemployed, but the problem is, as, as well as people losing their jobs, there's an, an enormous number of people who are underemployed. They're working uh, far less hours, reduced hours. Their earnings have taken a big hit, in many cases dropping them below the poverty line. There was a study just recently uh, about the number of people now, the number of families, increased families that have fallen below the poverty line. But this loan scheme doesn't cover them. Shouldn't it be extended to them as well? Uh, Peter, this is not meant to be a subsidy for the uh, unemployment support. Uh, the temporary unemployment support, uh, as proposed by some members of the legislature and the community, uh, has not been accepted by the government for reasons that have been clearly articulated by the Secretary for Labour and Welfare. So I won't repeat here. Uh, this particular scheme is indeed to provide an option to those. I mean, the long scheme is to provide an option for those who who need to borrow. But that, that uh, on includes... the underemployment, uh, the Secretary for Labour and Welfare earlier has announced uh, the relaxation in the uh, family, I mean, uh, the, the, the relaxation in the scheme to enable people to apply for underemployment in income supplement. And also we, they have relaxed the eligibility temporary for the CSSA. So uh, it is a multi-plunge approach to deal with the problem. And for those uh, underemployed, they may also enroll for the retraining schemes to get some allowance and at the same time upgrade their skills. Okay. And telephone number is 233-88266. You're listening to uh, a special financial secretary <coughs> phone-in uh, talking about the budget speech, which was delivered uh, earlier this week. Uh, any aspect of it that caught your attention? Anything you want to talk to the financial secretary about, then that's the number to call, 233-88266. Uh, John is next, I think, on the line. John, good morning. Good morning. John, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Chan. How good are morning. You? Yeah, thank you. I'm fine. Thank you. Great. Um, okay, my, yeah, my question actually is regarding alcohol tax in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, of course, I declare an interest here. Uh, I'm an importer of whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, but at the moment, things like beer and wine are at a 0% tax, whereas spirits are 100% on the value of the, the products that come in, so brandies, whiskies, etc. Uh, which means things like um, you know, something that's very cheap, is actually very cheap, and it's cheaper than in UK, for example. Uh, but when you get something that goes up above, say, $200, uh, it then goes up extremely expensive, 
compared to other parts of the world. So what I was asking is to maybe look at broadening the, the tax, where you put maybe a tax on beer cans of, say, 50 cents a can, wine with $5 a bottle, um, and then spirits, you'd rate it on, say, an alcohol volume uh, in a bottle, and rather not penalizing things like uh, that have, a say, an age 20, 30 years older, um, and just to sort of like even things up a little bit uh, in that sector. Uh, the other point I wanted to sort of make was it would uh, help us to compete with places like Taiwan, uh, which has a very low alcohol tax. Um, I'm absolutely not an advocate of zero tax, um, but it would be nice to be a little bit more competitive uh, in that sort of uh, area. Okay, thanks, John. Yeah. We, we did have looked into that because of uh, the fact that there are submissions from uh, the, the chambers and the industry uh, on the alcohol tax on uh, spirits. Um, the abolition of uh, tax on wine uh, implemented quite a number of years ago is to develop that particular economic sector. And it has proved to be quite successful. Hong Kong becomes the the trading hub uh, and also the one of the important auction center for wines. Uh, we did have looked into the case of, say, for example, whiskey uh, as an as a sector. Uh, it may not be. It, it is not the same case as wine. To put it simply. And also, there is also from the food and health pers policy perspective, uh, this is something that we are not particularly keen to, to encourage. Uh, that's why uh, we maintain the status quo. Okay, John. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry, for me, I, I slightly disagree with that because you're saying that people, you know, if you make spirits cheaper, um, that suddenly people are going to go out drinking that how many people drink beer, how many people drink wine, in terms of the health uh, aspect. That's, I've never quite understood the difference there. Um, that's, that was one of the things I, I never really understood. Um, and I certainly don't advocate making it like with wine where it's a 0% tax, not by any means. As you say, it's, it's really not the same. Uh, it's just at the moment it seems extremely unfair and very, very skewed. Uh, in terms of the taxes that are paid for uh, things like spirits. Okay, John, many thanks for your, for your comments. Um, 233 Um we, we did want to talk about the, the, the stamp duty, and as I said, I read out that earlier message from uh, Mark, who was supporting the, the or increase in the stamp duty. Uh, in fact, he was suggesting going further, uh, imposing a capital gains tax on dividends uh, paid on shares as well, uh, basically because the people uh, who... Uh, uh, in pay tax who would be subject to the stamp duty uh, can afford it. Uh, you were talking about better off members of the community, according to Mark. Um, um, there has been still some criticism of the increase in, in stamp duty as well, and I think Peter wants to talk about that as well. well what about the capital gains tax? What about, increase, what about imposing that on dividends? Well, there are also uh, individuals in the communities, say, for example, retirees, depending on the... Uh dividend to help uh, uh, provide their retirement income. So uh, I, if we are going to tax dividend, there is certain uh, 
distinction to be made. Uh, in some other overseas jurisdictions, it is only dividend over a certain amount to be taxed. So it is not a simple uh, just tax on dividend. And also, there, as you may have observed, there is a difference between the standard rate for individuals and the standard rates for profits tax. The history for that is that uh, the extra 1.5% on profits tax is to cater for the profits to be distributed back to the hands of the individuals. Mm. Uh, so in a way, uh, from a historic perspective, the uh, tax on dividend uh, is to be taken care of from that particular Already perspective. Paid, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, in a broader sense, when we talk about capital gains tax, uh, is it just the dividend or we need to also deal with, uh, say, for example, properties? I'm not saying that this is not something not worth considering, but uh, if we want to change our tax system, we need to have a more comprehensive uh, assessment and alternative analysis so that uh, the community can have an informed debate and also make a conscious choice. Uh, at the moment, this may not be the right time. Internally in the government, we did have done some research, and we are also observing the international uh, tax landscape. Mm -hmm. As you may know, uh, on the international fund, they are doing, the OECD is doing a what we call BEPS 2.0 initiative. Uh, one is digital tax, the other is a global mm -hmm. minimum mm -hmm. effective tax. Mm -hmm. We have done some research into that. It seems to us if there is a minimum effective global tax, uh, we may be able to collect some additional revenue uh, in billions of dollars uh, from that particular initiative. So uh, the OECD is going to, to firm up on that uh, within this year according to their work plan. Uh, it is also <coughs> our, our intention to follow suit uh, if this is an international initiative. And that will also impact on the the government revenue. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we better take a more holistic uh, view of the uh, various options available to us. But I don't understand how you've come up with this because mm -hmm. you've said yourself, we're not reviewing taxation this year. You could have done, you could have chose to start a review, which a lot of people have been calling for about ways in which we can increase taxation, mm -hmm. broaden our tax base, make the system more fair. But you've said quite clearly, you're not going to start that process this year. You don't want to raise taxes. But yet here you are, you've sort of gone where uh, no financial secretary has dared to go since 1993. And suddenly, out of the blue, without any consultation, uh, you didn't consult the Hong Kong exchanges and clearing, you've suddenly decided to raise stamp duty. Why is that? Why, why pick on this one particular uh, item to go, and, uh, to go and change? Well, the stamp duty, we come to that con conclusion with a very detailed assessment of the impact of this increase. On the one hand, in terms of competitiveness, uh, we do think that uh, people investing into the Hong Kong market, if you look at the composition of the Hong Kong stock market, in terms of number of companies over half from the mainland, in terms of market capitalization is over 80%, in terms of daily turnover is over 90%. So people investing in this market are investing in the future of 
the mainland economy. And with the mainland economy rising up in the past decade, uh, we have seen a trend of increasing asset allocation into this market. So if foreign in institutional investors want to invest in mainland stocks, Chinese stocks, Hong Kong or mainland are the major markets mm. that they can place their investment. And in that particular respect, we are a lot more competitive. Although in terms of stamp duty, we are slightly more expensive. But we do, mm. but when you look at other fees and charges, the mainland market is not cheap. And also we don't have exchange control. Money can come in, go out very quickly, very deep liquidity pool. So in terms of competitiveness, that's more increase in stamp duty won't harm us. So is that number, number two, in order to develop our market, maintaining our international financial center status, it is important to make ourselves more competitive in terms of product offering, in terms of liquidity. If I may give you an example, back in April 2018, we introduced the reform to the delisting regime, allowing weighted voting right innovative companies to be listed here. Biotech companies without revenue stream, without profit records to be listed here. Secondary listing of mainland companies already listed elsewhere to come back for secondary listing. This has raised our market to another level and raised the daily turnover to another level. So what is important is to expand the product offering, to expand the liquidity, to attract more investors. At the end of the day, if you buy stock for $1 million, you pay extra $300 in stamp duty. People are hoping for the capital gains instead of that small fees. That is why we do this stamp duty increase. Okay. Thanks very much indeed. 233 uh, um, uh, Dan is next on the line. Dan, good morning. Yes, good morning, yeah, everyone. Dan, and good Mr. Morning. Chan, thank you so much for your service to Hong Kong. Thank you, Dan. Very kind of you. Yes, and I've been here 20 years. I've always appreciated the fiscal um, operations of the Hong Kong government and how well money is, is handled, generally speaking, and compared to my home country, the United States, where they're spending themselves into oblivion. So uh, thank you for doing a good job. Uh, I have a positive suggestion and then a question about Cathay Pacific. The positive suggestion is I'm shocked at the level of uh, interest rates on consumer loans and credit cards. I just got an offer from Cathay Pacific. The interest rate on the, their credit card is 34%. Sorry, from me, Cath you got an offer from Cathay? Do you yes, uh, Standard Chartered and Cathay. Okay. And, uh, a credit card. Uh, hmm. To me, 34% is robbery. Something positive Hong Kong could do would be to, uh, to by statute, I assume, limit uh, interest rates on consumer loans. Uh, I, I read in the standard that um, household debt is about 80% of GDP or more. And uh, most of that is, is housing debt, of course, paying on loans, but then there's consumer debt as well. So that would be a positive suggestion that uh, could be done to help the people. Yeah, Dane, uh, thank you for the suggestion. In fact, this is something that I have asked my colleagues to look into uh, in the context of the money lending uh, regime. Uh, the 80% GDP personal loan involves uh, also uh, uh, 
the loans by people in the wealth management and asset management side of business. For, this is for your information. So it is, it is from a financial stability standpoint, it is not worrying. But I take your point as to the cost to the consumers. Uh, this is something that we, I have already asked my colleagues to look into. Good. And I, I personally, I don't carry debt on credit cards. I never have and never will. But I know a lot of people could get in trouble. The other question is about Cathay Pacific. What is the government going to do to save Cathay and the travel industry? Uh, Cathay is uh, going through difficulties like any other airlines. Uh, after the direct the recapitalization last year, I think they have enough liquidity to tie them over in the coming, uh, in the coming uh, relatively, uh, uh, in the coming one to, in the coming medium term. Uh, because after the recapitalization by the government, uh, as you know, they have issued uh, NOCs to raise additional funds. And in the recapitalization plan, we have offered them a standby 29, which they haven't utilized yet. So they have some caution. Well, that's good to hear. But, of course, it's not just Cathay. It's the other airlines, the whole travel industry that has suffered so greatly through this time of COVID. Um, the foodie, well, for the tourism sector, very difficult, yes. Um, in the policy address and the multi-round of anti-epidemic fund, we are providing some assistance. Uh, in that context, we are monitoring the situation very closely and are hoping that from the middle of this year with the economic recovery and with the, you know, countries in Europe and also the United States start their vaccination program uh, with the pandemic under control, hopefully uh, later this year, we could start have some international traveling. And in the meantime, my colleagues are working with uh, uh, other economies with uh, similar stabilized uh, pandemic situations to start the air bubble. But if, if you want the economy to recover and, and tourism to recover, uh, people to start traveling again, there needs to be a clear plan to remove social distancing restrictions and to get our economy going, such as what the UK has come up with, their four-step plan to remove all social distancing measures, all legal limits on social contacts uh, by the end of June. Where, where's our plan? We don't seem to have one to do that, and it seems to me that until we do, our economy isn't going to recover. We do have, we do have, uh, depend, we do have a, a plan in terms of uh, social so distancing measures in terms of reaction uh, by the government, in terms of testing, uh, uh, isolation of people, providing medical support. Uh, we are learning from experience, uh, as you have observed in recent uh, weeks, uh, the effect of the government's tightened uh, anti epidemic measures are uh, getting positive results. Uh, we have been doing, under the leadership of the CE, doing very, uh, doing our very best uh, to fight and contain the pandemic. So, so when is the target then? I mean, the UK has a very clear target. By the end of June, we have this four-step plan by which at that time, um, 
all limits on social distancing, so, uh, restrictions on social contacts will be lifted to get the economy going again. What is the target for Hong Kong? I haven't seen any four-step plan or any number of steps to get to that point and a specific timetable by which you would like to get, get to it. Well, for us, if, um, the pandemic situation seems to be under control and we start the vaccination plan. Uh, if the community and the government work together, we are confident that we are able to contain the pandemic. And as you know, we, we have set a target for us uh, to achieve zero infection in the community. We are working very hard on that uh, and we have increased the testing capacity and we have introduced more targeted uh, testings to be conducted. Okay, Mr. Uh, Chen, we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed yeah, thank for, you. for joining thank us you. this morning. Yeah, Many thank thanks you. to the Financial thank Secretary you, for, for joining us this morning for this uh, special phone-in program. We'll continue with uh, the Bank Chat program with uh, Peter and myself uh, after the news at uh, 9. Uh, briefly, the weather is going to be mainly cloudy today, 22 degrees at the moment, with a relative humidity now at 87%. <laughs>